I listened to another podcast for the first time. What? Yeah, I, sorry. That's I'm like so, cheating. I, God, I don't know. I don't know why I just said that. I'm so sorry. I can't believe you would just say it like no, that no, to no, everyone not, involved and you would no, say it no, on the podcast. Not, it's not like that. It's not like that. It's not like that. It's like I was at a friend's house and there was like a lot of you know stuff going on and like, yeah, someone turned on a podcast. <laughs> wait, wait. Like, I, I know that this bit is funny, but also I love the idea of going to like a party and someone's like, let's listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I have never listened to a podcast with another human being. I don't think it's appropriate to like well, let's all is. sit around and listen to a podcast. So me and Go the boys, outside. me and the boys do listen to Call Her Daddy, like sort of in okay. like a group sesh kind of thing. Well, we like ride in the Camaro. Well, it's like yeah, it's like a Zoom, but in person. Like we like we hang out in the sauna and we put on Call Her Daddy and like you know like talk about stuff or listen, just listen. Sometimes, sometimes honestly, silence between friends is good. Oh my god, that's like she, such a disgusting image of just like six sweaty, like skinny fat guys like, <laughs> with like that girl's voice. Oh my yeah, god! Just like, and everyone's like a little bit got a boner, and like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like gross because you're like, is that the full one? Like, or is it just no, like a little? No, no, no! Shut it down! Uh, shut it down! Theme music. Let's go. <laughs> Welcome to True Anon. <laughs> what voice is that? This is this is how I've always sounded. I do the I do like the kind of like nasally annoying Jew guy voice. That's like a bit for the show. This is how I, I this is Liz, you know this. That's my stage voice. This is this is how I talk usually. Um You know, it's such a pleasure to be here today doing this. Oh my god, I hate it so guys. much. Will you stop? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I can I can stop anytime. Oh well, my it's god. it's yeah. Well, my okay, name is okay, okay, okay. Hello, welcome, True Anon. Welcome. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, my really, name... will you stop? Yeah, of course. <laughs> Did you keep, stop? Keep going. No. I stopped. I stopped. <laughs> I'm not going. I'm not going anymore. <laughs> this is it's just going my like in and out. No, no, no. It's no. I'm serious. Okay, it's totally there you fine. Are. No. <laughs> I'm not doing the voice anymore, Liz. No, you keep not doing it, and then you drop one at the last minute. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) It's, 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 I'm just talking. I've got a little bit of a cold. Uh, You know, it's, 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 let's just do the intro. Like, okay, okay, okay. Hello, welcome. This is True Anon. My name is Liz. My name is Brace Belden. (laughs) Okay. Uh, we are, of course, joined by Young Chomsky, and we have, once Brace puts on his real voice, a great show for you today. I am so excited. I almost did it there, but I, I didn't do it. I know. I, I like that you didn't so do it. I am so excited. Uh, we have on the show one of our heroes, the, I don't even know how to describe him. I mean, we, we get man, into it The man, the myth, the legend. Exactly. I mean, really, really one of the, one of the, the legends of the trade. Yeah. Uh, Ed Opperman. Uh, P.I., a private investigator in literally every single version of what that means. I know. I love it. 
Yeah. I saw um, your eyes lighting up as he was talking. You're just, like, was, the little hamster wheel in your brain started moving. When he said shoulder holster, I looked up. Listeners, I know you can't see this, and God forbid you ever will. Uh, my closet, I, you know, I record in the bedroom. I got the closet door op- over there, hanging from the side of it, shoulder holster. And when he said shoulder holster, I was like, I'm like that guy. Yeah, it's like your North Star, baby. <laughs> exactly, exactly. All I wanted in my life was to, to either be a sailor or a guy who wore a shoulder holster, and it wasn't like that big of a deal. But people were still like, that's So wait, I have a question. Can sailors not wear shoulder holsters? Like, can you not do both? Shoulder holster? I can't say that. Shoulder holster. Shoulder um, holster. I actually do that vocal exercise like 40 times in a row before shoulder we do Shoulder holster. Shoulder holster. Shoulder holster. Shoulder holster. Shoulder holster. So, all right. I got my, holster. when I got my, uh, like, uh, Merchant Mariner's credential or whatever. Holster. I know a guy who does that work who's actually a listener to the pod. And uh, he had to take small arms training. Like, show me all his certificates. He had to take small arms training to fight off pirates. Mm, makes sense. Um, but I think usually they have water cannons and stuff. I mean, there's no reason you couldn't wear like a. I mean, a lot of these ships actually hire. I think I like, saw a pirate the other day. Where at? Oh, wait, really? Yeah. Where at? Like, um, I was up north on on the water. I'll just uh-huh. say that. I think I saw, saw a pirate. Like, you saw a black a vessel flying the black flag. Yeah, didn't look didn't looked a little fishy. Yeah, well, things on the water tend to. I knew you were gonna do that. Okay, let's All get right. to the let's get to the show. Let's get the head. Yeah. Welcome to the main event, folks. We have a hell of a guest for you today uh, here in the Truanon Ultra Top Secret Bunker. We have airlifted in from Black Hawk Helicopters, Ed Opperman of the Opperman Report. Ed, how you doing? I'm doing very good, Brace. Thank you for having me on. We're so excited to have you. Thank you, Liz. It is a pleasure. So you always start off your interviews asking the, the, the guest about themselves, which being rude people, we generally do not. But... I am. I, I. I think our listeners will be curious. Like, tell me about Ed. Like, what brought you to this point? Oh boy. Okay. I was born in a log cabin. Okay. <laughs> 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 I, I was born in the Bronx. You know, uh, and then moved on to Staten Island. In, in my teen years, I got involved uh, in the Lower East Side with the Yippies, uh, the Youth International Party, and different leftist uh, organizations and stuff like that. And Rainbow Family, all kind of fun stuff. Uh, somebody I wouldn't only want to mention, okay? And WBAI radio. <laughs> <laughs> somebody can't radio. WBAI radio and stuff like that. And um, so I, I was used to being around, you know, targets of COINTELPRO and, uh, you know, FBI surveillance and, and all kinds. I could tell you a million stories. There's all kinds. It was a cesspool of uh, double agents and informants and undercover agents and all a bunch of characters. Al Sharpton, you know, I used to run to Al Sharpton all the time. I'm convinced that I was on, on that recording on his little briefcase over there. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> you wow. should find out a way to get a tape of that. Yeah, listen to my shows I did on Al Sharpton. It's, I had a few run-ins with him over the years. Um, then um, I got involved in, in the PI business. I, I've talked about it, you know, with the yippies. We were so- I know, but listen, <laughs> listen, listen. Some of the, some of our listeners, yeah. you know, they're they're nine, ten years old. <laughs> right. They haven't even listened to the radio. Yeah. So they don't even know what it. the radio is. That's so true. Uh, well, when I was hooked up with the yippies, we we did a lot of uh, 
marijuana uh, transactions all over the place, right? So, (laughs) (laughs) and things got pretty uh, expansive there. You know, I was getting it from the guy that Richard Stratton, the hippie mafia, you know, the guy, if you read his book, fascinating guy himself. Um, And uh, so, uh, growing up, you know, I needed an attorney, you know, and uh, then I needed a private investigator. He sent me over to this guy in Brooklyn. He says, Ed, go meet this PI over there. And I walked into his office and I saw all these diplomas on his wall. He's got a shoulder holster, you know. And I says, whoa, man, this is the coolest thing in the world. <laughs> I said, this is for me, man. This is what I want to do. And so what happened was after that is I had some contacts in, in the telephone company. Uh, so people could give me an unlisted phone number. And I could return back a, a list of all the local phone calls that they made from that number and all the local – the long-distance phone calls that they made, their phone bill effectively. Mm-hmm. But also, too, at the top of that, you would get um, their name, their full name, their address, their uh, place – sometimes their place of employment, sometimes their bank account number, and sometimes their social security number would be on this freaking report. So this Whoa. is way before identity theft or anything like that. But this was a gold mine for people, for law, uh, you know, bail bondsmen and lawyers and people doing collections, all kind of stuff. So I started buying and selling that information all over town. And I got a great reputation in New York City for having this sources of information. I just kept building on it and building on it. I set up a little office out of this PI's office there, you know, went down there every day. And he was involved in all kind of organized crime, uh, criminal defense, uh, the Pizza Connection, the Commission Trial, uh, Carmine Persico. Uh, all these big cases, man. So, you know, working on those cases, I got to meet Giuliani, <laughs> you know, and, and, okay. and, and Michael Chertoff on the other side of, of the aisle, you know. But I got along with everybody. I always get along with people. Um, I went into the nightclub business for a while. I owned one of those horse and carriages goes around Central Park. Uh, then I had a, what we described as an unfortunate – Wait, were you, the, were, you the, were you the jockey on the horse? No. Uh, when I got into the nightclub business, we, I got a lean. We got a, a UCC lean yeah. against the cab medallion. And I think his name was Ghost Shadow and, and thing. And then when the nightclub <laughs> went under, we had to go and seize the the, the medallion off of the, the horse and carriage, right? We had to go there. Oh, oh my, my God. God. Yes, yeah, so I had a couple of Bodinos guys go with me. And we went down there in Manhattan and we cut. Bodinos? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we cut off the horse and carriage with the cars. And we drove out with, with the screw gun, you know, trying to unscrew the medallion off the car. Oh, my God. Oh so my you physically God. had to take it with you. Oh, yeah. You have to physically Well, because those things, yeah, it is, it is yeah, a physical medallion, are, right? Yeah. I yeah. mean, they're worth, well, it, I'm, it's crazy now what's happened with the medallions with Uber and everything. But that, I mean, those were like, that's a, a medallion's like worth, I mean, it used to be worth like $150,000, $200,000. Oh, yeah. The, the handsome cab medallion at that time was worth about 150000 But the problem was he had so many... Uh, uh, liens and fines and everything on it. It was practically worthless by the time I got my hands mm. on it. So what are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I had my unfortunate brush with the law. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. As I descri- I've had a couple of those yeah. too, so no judgment here. As I describe in my book, unfortunate brush with the law, I got caught with a small uh, little amount of uh, – a small truckload of marijuana. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a pocket full, truck full, whatever. Yeah. Well, the, the thing is, anything over eight pounds is the same penalty down there in Tucson, Arizona. And yeah. I, yeah, I know. But I was facing a long time, 15 years in prison. Um, yeah. But what happened was I had a series of miracles in this case, you know. And um, the, it was like 30 police units took me down on video, you know. 
Uh, so, wow. Yeah, but what happened was we were sitting there all handcuffed for hours and hours and hours, and they brought in another. There was DEA, FBI, Customs, Border Patrol, the whole the whole bunch, and they brought in another group of guys. It was like ten of them, and there were fifteen of us. And the guy who was the head DEA agent, I said to him, I says, "Well, you know, you know, what am I looking at here?" You know, and he says, "Well, you know, I got, I have a ninety-seven percent conviction rate. You know, and this is my last case. I'm, I'm retiring after this, this this case today." But then he said, "Well, okay, uh, how are we gonna? Who's gonna take who?" And he said, "Well, okay, you take those guys over there." And I says, "I'll take those guys over there because you're gonna need a bigger truck to to transport these guys." So that little decision there dropped my case down from a federal case down to a state case. Uh, which oh. mean, yep, whole different deal, man. A whole different uh, opportunity for negotiating stuff like that. Um, I was traveling back and forth to Tucson for criminal cases, my, my court appearances, and I met this guy at a, in a hotel, a hotel bellman. He gave me a ride, um, and uh, he started telling me about Jesus Christ, you know. And I says, dude, I says, what are you one of those religious fanatics? And he goes, yep, I'm the worst one. <laughs> <laughs> and dude, we pulled over to the side of the road. We prayed together. I was crying. And uh, after that, it was just uh, my life was transformed. I became a gospel tent ministry uh, evangelist uh, for about three or four years after that with this uh, gospel tent ministry up in Maine. I would travel back and forth and do that. I managed to get the, my case down to one year with work release. And oh, able, wow. Wow. Well, it gets even better because the day I went – it's a long, long story. This whole story takes like 40 minutes to tell. But the day I went to turn myself in – uh, the assistant district attorney was there who I had never met before. I'd never seen her before. And they read my probation report. They got it all wrong. And uh, so I went in there and in the morning. I had breakfast with my lawyer. And um, he, he went in the back to talk to the judge. And I was sitting in this courtroom all by myself. And I stood mm-hmm. up and I started praying aloud in this courtroom all by myself. And then he comes back in, you know, and, uh, and then they start praying. You should have seen the guys I was busted with, man. They were like stone cold killers, man. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can't imagine. But, but anyway, uh, I said to myself, look, look, dude, what about like a rehab or something? Can you get me in a rehab? <laughs> and he goes, Ed, I tell you, you know, I was back there talking to the judge. And I got some good vibes from him. But don't sit there looking too cocky. <laughs> okay. And the judge came out. He gave me a, a five years probation, $300 fine, go back to New York, do whatever you want, bang, 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 down the gavel. And me and my lawyer ran out of there, uh, to, to the <laughs> elevator, literally ran to the elevator and got out of there. And after that, I went into the beeper business, went back into the PI business again. After that, uh, doing uh, – uh, what's that stuff? Um, pre-employment screening. You know, when someone goes to Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It's my most dreaded opponent. <laughs> Yeah. That's why I had to get into the radio business because yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't pass those. Yeah, and then I started getting involved in all my crazy celebrity cases, you know, Charlie Sheen and Howard Stern, Tiger Woods, Wiener Wait, Gate. you worked for Sheen? Oh, no, no. When Sheen attacked that uh, young lady at the Plaza Hotel, uh, my client was Capri Anderson, the woman he attacked. Because, uh, uh, And by the way, people don't know this, but when uh, the police showed up at the door that night, Sheen was naked and covered in blood. And it was glass all over. And it's a tiny little girl, man. I'm holding up my pinky as I talk to you. Tiny little girl, like 85 pounds, man. And uh, she's terrified of Sheen. So there was a couple of lawsuits sure. in that. And then later on, the people I was involved in, uh, attorney Keith Davidson, uh, who negotiated the Stormy Daniels deal, mm. and uh, Gina Rodriguez, who's this uh, celebrity uh, manager. You know, she used to book everybody on Dr. Drew and stuff like that. So she ran the Tiger Woods case. She hired me for that. Um, and uh, ultimately, they sued Sheen for a lot of money. They got a lot of money mm-hmm. out of Sheen. You can look up that uh, story. Uh, 
I didn't get any of that money, but they got all that money. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's how it goes. Yeah. Then I worked on a case against uh, Todd, Todd and Sarah Palin in Alaska. Um, no. Oh, yeah. That's a really long story, too. Yeah. Uh, uh, they came to me and they said, hey, Ed, can you un- uh, undelete some deleted uh, Gmail emails? So they put me on the, mm. on the phone with this young lady, uh, Shelly Tripp, um, and um, she starts telling me the story about how she was a massage therapist in Alaska uh, with a little Craigslist ad in the back of Craigslist, right? And what happened was um, she would give a happy ending at the end of the massage. So mm. one of her clients was Todd Palin, and uh, he would send over other famous, important people to her, and she would take notes of what their activity was together. And she believes there was a hidden camera, too, in the hallway. So mm-hmm. one day, you know, she's doing a little Craigslist ad, and there's a knock at the door. It's 30, 30 police officers, Homeland Security, FBI, with machine guns and flashback grenades, and the whole deal coming in. Wow. Yeah. And they said, hey, we know you're involved with powerful people. We know what you're up to over here. And she says, I don't know nothing. I'm talking to my lawyer. So she pleads guilty to her little prostitution charge there. And um, when it's when she had sold her story to the National Enquirer for $50,000. Mm. But then what happened was um, the police chief in Anchorage, Alaska, does a press conference, and he says, you know what? We looked into all these charges about Charlie, about um, Todd Palin, and we've looked into – we've examined his computer. We did everything. We looked at his, these notes and these uh, uh, address books and stuff like that, and we could find no evidence that this ever happened, right? So the inquirer took back their 50000 and that, that's where I come in, trying to get the 50000 back. And we had, oh, that's the call. Yeah, yeah. But what happened was it turns out that the, the, the police chief never did any investigation whatsoever. And in fact, it was Sarah Palin's attorney that wrote that press release and put it on the police chief's stationery and issued it out there, okay? And he admitted he did nothing, okay? We go back and forth. Incredible. Uh, no, this is incredible. That's, that's a story. No one knows the story either. You really got to dig deep to find the, the Sarah Palin story. They know it in Alaska, though, over there because uh, – I had a lot of problems with that, but anyway, what do you call it? Um, what happened was then is uh, the judge says they're going to release her computer, her hard drive, and all her notebooks and all her material, right? And uh, yeah. the day I get that stuff in my office, the, the, at first they said they destroyed it by accident. They lost it. The dog ate it. The whole story. Mm-hmm. The day they – some water. Yeah, right. Yeah, the day they released that from Alaska to my office in Nevada – um, Sarah Palin goes on the news that night and she says, you know what? I've decided I'm not going to run for president because all mm. these people, yeah, man, all these people are out there making these allegations against my husband that he's having an affair. She, he never mentioned my client, but that's exactly what happened. Okay. It gets better. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it gets better. About a year later, I get a call from Shirley Tripp and she says, remember that uh, case in uh, Columbia where uh, Barack Obama was down there with the Secret Service and they went to the brothel yeah. and they didn't want to – okay. I get a call from Shirley. She says, Wait, hold on. Can we – can you – I don't know if our listeners know that story. Barack can Obama goes a on a visit to Columbia. The Secret Service goes down there ahead of him. They go to a brothel. They do what they want to do and then they say – we ain't paying you. <laughs> We're not going to pay they you. They stiff them? <laughs> they stiff them oh, twice. That's, that's ungentlemanly. <laughs> they stiff them, then they stiff them on the money. So there was a big scandal down there in Columbia, right? And uh, um, it, she says, hey, Ed, man, I know that guy. He was in Alaska. He did the same thing to me. 
So she knew the guy's name. She knew everything before it came out. In the Secret Service. Yes. Oh, Secret Service. Wait, so this Secret Serviceman had been in Alaska, had been to this massage parlor, had gotten a hand job. And and refuses to pay. And then he goes as like a pre-trip to Columbia for Obama. He does the same thing, except, you know, probably more of a job than a hand. And and then he also stiffs him. I mean, this guy, I don't know how much Secret Service make people make, but I can't imagine that it's that expensive to do these kind of things. It turns out the Secret Service is a wild bunch of guys, man, that are into a lot of stuff because there was a congressional investigation into this. And I was part of that congressional investigation for... Uh, Joel Lieberman, okay? And, uh, wow. Yeah. Oh, oh no, that's no. not a name I ever like to hear. I know, right? Yeah, yeah. I had a couple of vermins of him, too, but anyway. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but, you know, by the way, I had another Secret Service thing, too, because you know who my clients were, too, was uh, uh, Tariq and uh, Mikhail Salahi uh, from uh, the the Real Housewives of D.C. that they, they the Kate crashing thing over there. They had to testify. Liz's, Liz's <laughs> eyes are so... <laughs> They are, this is the happiest I've ever seen Liz in my entire life. I got a lot to say about the Real Housewives. Oh, which ones? Uh, all of them. Who do we want to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> so wait, so wait, what happened with them? Okay, what happened with them was they were filming for Real Housewives and they they crashed a party of the Congressional Black Caucus, okay? And yes, so then it was a big yes. investigation. How did the Secret Service let these people in? And they wound up taking the fifth. Okay, they took the Fifth Amendment. Oh, yeah, they got a picture with Obama. They probably did. I don't know about that. I, I couldn't swear I, to I thought they did. I, they, I th- they, there was like some photo of them there that I think made a lot of the rounds. I might be thinking of a different Real Housewife. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. But I know that a pair, of re- a pair of like reality TV people crashed some kind of party like that and took pictures with lots of powerful people and everyone realized they weren't invited. Oh, yeah. They, no, they had a film crew there with them too. <laughs> so, yeah, this oh, is all, shit. This like is for all, the show. Yes, this is all documented. This is all documented, yeah. And, you know, it, it's kind of funny too because then this, it goes on and on. I, I got into all that stuff through this woman, Gina Rodriguez, who was Octomom's uh, uh, agent. She was Amazing. The, yeah, I know. She, she I was, think about Octomom like at least once a month. <laughs> You know, Nadia Suleiman, Octomom, is a sweetheart. She's the sweetest lady you've ever met in your life, okay? And has a lot of anxiety and panic and stuff like that. They had, she had a fall. Everyone has a falling out with Gina. She had a falling out with Gina, too. So did I. Real, everyone does. It's a ticket turns. But what happens is later on, I get another mad call from Gina telling me, Ed, Mikhail Salahi has been abducted. <laughs> She's been abducted. And I says, what are you talking about? She goes, yeah, her husband, he swears she's been abducted. This isn't a publicity stunt, Ed. I swear to you, he's, she's been abducted. No one can find her. So I Oh, my start, God. Oh, no, yeah, yeah. It's not going to – wake up, Ed. There's a job for you. <laughs> yes. This is incredible. <laughs> it is, man. It is. It's not all in one day. This stuff is all spread out. It doesn't all happen at once. Of course, yeah. of course. But now I got to start looking for Mikhail Salahi, right? And um, so I'm doing my little magic. I'm doing a couple of things that I'm really supposed to be doing. And um, so, but in the meantime, Gina contacts the FBI, and now the FBI calls me up and says, "Hey, man, you, you stop what you do. You're interfering with our investigation." <laughs> okay. Oh boy. I know. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But I'm, you know, I'm not. Wait a second. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> you know, I'm arguing yeah, with these guys. Free huh? country. Yeah, right. And what do you call it? Um, so I did. I backed off. But it turns out what happened was she had run off with Neil Sean from Journey. What? Yes, she was looking at <laughs> your producer's cracking up. <laughs> look it up. Mikhail, Sala- Mikhail Salahi, the real All right, I'm, I'm looking. I'm looking this Google up right it. now. Mikhail, Mikhail Salahi, Salahi, DC party Neil, crashes. Neil, Neil Sean, S C H O N. 
S C from Wait, Journey. How do I spell it? Oh, oh yeah, okay. From Journey. Don't stop believing that guy. Oh yeah, I love I love Journey. See, but my take on this story. They got was, married. Yeah, no, yeah, man. Oh my god, there's a picture of them. They look in uh well I, I should I do they do look incredible, although you can interpret that as yeah. you want. Uh, my god. They uh, they got married at a, a winter wonderland wedding and music events at the Palace of Fine Arts. Me and Liz have played there. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> it's a small world. It's a small world. See, but my so it's a small world. My version of that story is is that shortly after my consultation with the FBI, they located Mikhail Salai. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> that's that's my press release that I put out. Right? <laughs> <laughs> oh god. What other kind of cases you work on? Oh, boy. Well, right now, uh, you know, what I'm trying to uh, do now is put together lawsuits, you know. Uh, we, we really have our, our act together. Um, you, you know, I, I was on the Epstein case, right? Yeah, I actually wanted to get into that. Let's let's actually, let's, I think, Liz, probably time to get into that a little bit. Yeah, um, we can get into that. What is, uh, yeah, tell us, tell our listeners about this, because you've been on this for a long time, a lot longer than most people. Yeah. In 2000, well, okay, years before I ever had a radio show or I ever um, was getting interviewed about Tiger Woods and talking to the tabloids and doing all that stuff and locating Neil Sean and whoever. <laughs> years before any of that, I was sitting in some lawyer's office or a doctor's office somewhere and I saw this magazine I, and it was something this billionaire down at Palm Beach that was three little girls a day were going over to give massages. And, uh, and I said, what the hell is this crazy story? So when I got a radio show, a stupid little radio show on internet radio in the Thursday afternoons. What year was this? That's like 2013. Yeah. Okay. So this is one of the first big shows. I said, let me look up that story and see if I could find it. I Googled the different things, Palm Beach, billionaire, you know. And then I found the story, uh, uh, Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, but I couldn't find a guest to come on the show because no one was talking about it. The only person I could find was Robert Morrow, Roger Stone's uh, ghostwriter. So I bring him on the show. And then I start putting together all the pieces, the connections between Trump and Epstein. And uh, I get a phone, an email one day around 2016 by Tom wow. Mayer, who is the attorney for Katie Johnson, Jane Doe. This young woman put a, a, did a do-it-yourself lawsuit against uh, Trump and Epstein in 2015. Yes, she didn't have yeah, I remember att- that. Right, but she didn't have an attorney. Uh, then Tom Mayer, who was a patents attorney, comes on the case, and he says, hey, we're going to need a private investigator. You seem to know what's going on with all these people and who they are. We want to hire you. So he hires me to come on the case. I had to sign the biggest non-disclosure agreement I ever signed in my life, but I was still <laughs> reporting on the case every Friday night. I'd still be talking about it, be interviewing about it, people. But and I was very careful not to let any of the stuff spill over, although I did give a lot of hints. <laughs> yeah. So, You're a big hinter. I, I'll say this. You're a big hinter. I know, man. I know. So yeah, that's it? the professional touch. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's, it's brutal, you know. Uh, so many things I'd love to talk about and just tell you know, everything I know. Yeah, but, uh, believe me. Me too. Yeah, so I did a big uh, non-disclosure with him. But after Epstein was arrested, he finally, he let me, in little installments, he, he released me from my non-disclosure that I could talk about the case. So the few of the things I can say about that case is, one, a lot of people, there's a lot of hit pieces on that story. People trying to say it's all BS. But um, first of all, why would they hire a PI 
if they're making this thing up, why would they hire an investigator to come in here? They, they wouldn't need to, first of all. Why waste the money? You know, and then I know the work that I did on it. So, and it was legitimate work. It wasn't busy work. Uh, also, too, uh, Tom Mayer, like I said, is an excellent attorney in New Jersey. I've done other work for him since, uh, but he's not this. He doesn't specialize in this kind of work. So we he's not some ambulance chaser, right? Right. Or, or you know, a non or, or a sexual abuse victim or a sexual harass victim. You know, which which are legitimate yeah, yeah, cases. Yeah. So we shopped this around to every giant law firm that I know, and nobody turned it down. Nobody didn't want this case. Everybody was mm. gung-ho on it. Uh, we had her claims and we had the two statements from two witnesses that she talked to about it at the time. So okay. it, it was a very solid case and we would have settled this case. If she had come to us first before trying to do it yourself, we would have got a settlement on that case. Uh, ultimately, what happened was uh, the week of the election, um, by this time, Lisa Bloom had come on, come on and taken over the case. Yes. I, was, I was no longer involved with it. I was involved with around the time that Cheney Mason did the Baez case down there in Florida. The, you know, yeah. Anyway, uh, there was a, a dedicated denial of service attack on Lisa Bloom's uh, servers at her law firm, and also on the live stream servers that took them down. Huh. Yeah, and it was serious enough that everybody got terrified, and everybody dropped the case. And no then, way. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And and it this has come and 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 everyone was wow. kind of quiet about it too, but Lisa Bloom has come out to Ronan Farrell and talked about it that she, she's finally admitted the um hacking activity and how serious the threats were at the time. Um and but then, uh, you know, I I'm, I'm sitting in my car and I'm listening to Sean Hannity, right? And he's talking to someone like uh Lewandowski, you know? And yeah, it was, yeah. Oh, they yeah. just Corey, Corey Lewandowski, and they, right, they had just won the election, and he goes, "Yeah, we dodged a bullet this week." And he goes, "What do you mean?" He goes, "Epstein." So everybody wow. was well Lewandowski aware. said that. No, the other one, Hannity. 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 Oh, See, Hannity. Oh yeah. shit. Oh no! Yeah, 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 yeah. See, yeah, there, there were there were some other things going on too around that time. Uh, when I was shopping around to, to find a lawyer for that. Um, he says to me, one of the lawyers says to me, is this that case with those porn stars? It's talking about Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal, you know? And, and oh, then, before that even came out. Right. I knew all about that in June of 2016. There had and, been a lot of rumors circulating and people talking about that story before it. Right. It, that, yeah, there was a couple of, uh, yeah, she, she kind of sold that story a few times, you know? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Right, smart lady. There's a great book called The Fixers, um, Hollywood porn stars and crooked lawyers and stuff like that. It's a great uh, by these two New York Times uh, 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 journalists. Great book. has all the facts. and They got everything right. Um, but the other thing, too, that they were talking about is they said, well, is this about those pictures of Trump on the plane and Clinton on the plane with these girls and stuff like that? And now we – and those, were, those pictures were bought, captured, and killed, Okay. But now, more recently, yeah. the pictures of Clinton have come out. Yeah, oh, I saw funny. I, that's funny that you mentioned those because those ones have come out, but the other ones still the other ones, being held. I still so there's, right. there's, there's pictures of Trump out there with, with sitting out there on the Lolita Express. Exactly. 
Not surprised. Exactly. Not surprised. Well, you know, there's there's all these stories too about him like flying down to or his, him him like lending his plane flying down to with with Ghislaine Maxwell to Florida and stuff. Like, I mean, these people were all you know tight as thick as thieves, as they say. Uh, absolutely. Well, we know that um, uh, that from that uh, Golf Digest uh, magazine article, the author of that article said that uh, uh, Epstein and Maxwell flew on Trump's plane. That's yeah. the one I'm thinking of. And they brought a teenage girl with them, okay? We know that for a fact. Also, too, you can't forget, too, that Virginia Roberts worked at Mar-a-Lago. I was just going to bring that up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She, old, yeah. yeah. And her, so did her father, yes, if I'm not mistaken. Maintenance department. He's retired with a horse ranch. How many maintenance guys, you know, got a horse ranch? <laughs> you know? Not many. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so you started looking into it then. Oh, yeah. You started working on this. And yeah. and where where does it go from there? Well, like I said, you know, uh, that lawsuit fell apart, you know, due to the threats and stuff like that. And, and then next thing was uh, the big arrest of Epstein. Uh, now, with Maxwell right now, <clears throat> I'm working on some stuff now with Maxwell, too, with those two lobbyists. Oh, but, yeah. You were telling me about this when we talked the other day. Berkman and Wall. Okay. Now, I gonna... love Wall. I think he's he's one of the funniest characters to come out of the past four years. Everyone gives him shit because he's a huckster, but I love a huckster. Yeah, wait. So can we let's back up for a second? Do, can we explain who these people are and their relationship with with Ghislaine? Yeah, uh, these two guys. Berkman is an attorney in Washington D.C., and Wall is a guy who he was the youngest security trader or something like that he got in trouble with the law <laughs> yeah he's he's no longer allowed to trade securities i'll put it that way <laughs> I, I don't think he can even open like a charles swab account like he's like, no i mean <laughs> jacob Ball, jacob Ball is famous uh yeah. for every six months coming out with the most insane plan i mean he had at one point he was uh i can't remember what it was he was trying to like frame some reporter or that, that might have been that might have been veritas project but like he's always got some insane schemes, and I love it because he's a schemer, and yeah, I appreciate and he, a good schemer. Oh, I, I I totally get what you're saying. I respect it too. Like Paul Baresi, I love the guy. You know, yeah, uh, yeah. Hollywood fixed oh, it. We've 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 spoken about him on not to him, but about him on the show before. With well, uh, didn't Jacob Wall like try to come out and say that he had an affair with Elizabeth Warren? That's what it was. That's what I'm thinking of. He says he had <laughs> sex with Elizabeth Warren, which no, by said, the way, respect. No, he found a young Marine. That said he had had sex with Elizabeth Warren. Yeah, what they do is they put they hire models and they put ads in Craigslist and they hire actors. One of the first like these guys came across my radar when they were talking about Seth Rich that they were had were putting out a reward for yeah, Seth yeah. Rich and they were going to get money for um, uh, they were going to give it money they were convinced Seth Rich was killed because he was the hacker at WikiLeaks and all that yeah. kind of stuff. Then uh Berkman hires a guy who's an ex-military, and somehow he thinks because you're an ex-military, you're an investigator too. You know, okay, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, you have some kind of police training a little bit, so maybe I mean you can know how to shoot a gun, so it's the same thing. Uh, yeah, right. People think it's the same thing. So the guy, the military guy, scams Berkman for fifteen thousand dollars, saying that he had FBI emails or something. I forget exactly what it was. Then Berkman sues him, gets the money back. And then the guy uh, lures Berkman to an underground parking garage and shoots him in the ass with a rifle. (laughs) (laughs) Incredible. That's amazing. But no, dude, this is the the tip of the iceberg with these two characters. 
Then um, they come out with another thing. They're saying, well, we know a woman who had an affair with Mueller. We're going to bring her to the to the press. That's conference. what it was. Yes, that's that's what I'm thinking of. They're saying that Mueller cheated on his wife. Right, right. But then the, the woman never shows up. But so, then they hold a press conference there. And the whole time, Berkman, his fly is unzipped throughout the whole press yes. conference. <laughs> <laughs> There's a video classic. Of the whole thing. That's so classic. <laughs> they the call thing. that in 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 the youth parlance today. They call that hanging dong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, uh, Ber- yeah, I mean, it was it was humiliating. It was amazing. Ah, Berkman and Wall. They put an ad. No, they go to a modeling agency, and they find this uh, delightful young woman named uh, um, Spielman. What's her first name? Kristen Spielman. Right. Mm-hmm. Delightful woman. Okay. And uh, they try and hire her to uh, first. Then one thing they wanted her to do was say that she had an affair with um, Ted Cruz, and that Ted she, I mean, she didn't want to do it because he was so ugly. But she decided yeah. to go through with it. And then he needed a penis pump in order to function. They were going to pay her money to, to say this, okay? And she almost went along with it. You know, oh, it's money, right? It's an acting gig. Yeah. Uh, then they wanted her to say that she bought um, Percocets. She sold Percocets to Nancy Pelosi. <sighs> <laughs> First she, of all, I know the guy who sells Percocets to Nancy Pelosi. Hey, yeah. His name, yeah, his name is Garbage Can. I hang out with him on Turk and Taylor. It's he's no connection to these Berkman and Wall characters. <laughs> so what do you call it? Um, so then she, she was so they said, oh, it's like a reality TV show. We're gonna, it's a t- it's like a uh, the what's that thing a candid camera, you know, but the, yeah, the kids, yeah. the politics. So she almost did it, but then they brought her an affidavit. They wanted her to swear out an affidavit. Her lawyers told her she'd know because she works for a law firm. So she goes out and she does um, uh, a, an article, an interview with Salon Magazine, and she tells a lot about these crazy schemes that Berkman and Wall had come up with. Uh, but what she discovered there, and this is a serious business. One of the times she was over at Berkman's house, she says, it's a big mess. There's papers everywhere. There's envelopes of cash everywhere just lying around okay incredible this is the scene she she portrays you know she describes and she says she sees there a um lobbying disclosure that and what they tell her is that uh gillane maxwell hired them as lobbyists to get Barr, william Barr, the attorney general to fire berman the head prosecutor of sdny and Barr did try to get Berman. Barr did fire Berman. Ultimately, he, Berman, he fired his ass. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He issues a press release saying Berman's going to step down. Berman stands up and says, "Wait, I ain't stepping down. What are you talking about? You got to fire me." Okay, you're fired. <laughs> okay. And yeah, then, yeah, that was incredible. Yeah, but right, you think that's big enough, right? Then there was a big uh, mutiny down there at SDNY, Manhattan, and they put his second in command in charge, not the uh, toady that uh, Barr wanted to put in there. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And then a week later, they go in, they arrest Maxwell. So there's another document out there that confirms this. Okay, we have the um, – we know for a fact that Berkman and Saul did file this lobbying disclosure document saying they got $25,000 from Maxwell uh, to lobby on her behalf to dig up dirt on the victims and also to – they said verbally, they're talking about this openly, uh, to hire um, – uh, to to lobby Barr to fire Berman, okay, which to me is like obstruction of justice. Who yeah, absolutely. What, how many crimes is that? You know? So they did a press conference about this. They came out. They say it's all true. But these guys are such hucksters, like you said. Can we believe them? Uh, uh, what's his name? Um, Dan Abrams from Crime and 
Justice website, he says he's confirmed the lobbying disclosure is accurate. It's, it's actually been filed. Now, would these two file a bogus lobbying thing just for the publicity? Maybe they would, you know? And then could they fool Spielman and say, come over here. Oh, oops, we dropped this lobbying agreement right in front of you. And she sees it yeah. and to the press with it. That's all possible. Um, I believe Spielman. I spent a lot of time on the phone with her. She's talked to other – she's got other stuff to sell. Let me tell you that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's what's going on right now with Maxwell. If we can, uh, and that's going to be a story I'm going to sell to the tabloids. Uh, the the other part that we know um, that uh, I firmly believe at this point that Maxwell did hire these two guys to lobby Barr to fire. Barr. Wow. Yeah. How do you that's, think she even? I mean, these two guys are such. I mean, as we've just kind of like gone off for a little yeah. while, they're they're such obvious hucksters and crazy. Like, why would you hire these two? They do have a bunch of clients. They have like 150 lobbying clients. Okay, for real. And these well, guys, these guys know Trump. Yeah, I, that's th- what it is, right? Yeah, they, 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 they their connections. And the thing is, too, it's like I don't know if you remember that Black Cube stuff yeah. with um, with with Weinstein. Is that like when they le- when Black Cube leaked? I mean, they actually had a guy, an, an agent of theirs, was working at the Guardian. I I, I I I know a guy, a friend of mine, was like went and and. You know, he, he's, I, I, I know this story firsthand. And then the guy later came out in the press and was like, yeah, I'm working for Black Cube. This guy is the guy who, quote unquote, broke these stories about Black Cube spying on Weinstein's victims because it was like functioning as like an advertisement for, for them. Because Black Cube, you know, you, there's no like trade magazine for like, I mean, maybe Soldier of Fortune kind of. But, like, there's no trade magazine for, like, companies that, like, you know, if you want to, like, falsely accuse somebody of buying Percocet or whatever— <laughs> You know, we can do it for you. So they have to advertise sort of through these kind of guerrilla methods. You know, it's it's very uh, it's sort of like a new model of advertising, I guess. I'm actually thinking about going to D.C. and becoming a lobbyist. (laughs) 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 Well, who like what what, like what other like. So, I mean, my whole life, a little confession here to the listeners. I wanted to do two things my whole life. One is become a sailor, which I almost did technically legally did before the fucking podcast came along. And the second one is become a PI, which I don't think I can do because I can't drive. Um, but what, like, so this is, you're living a dream of mine. Like, what, what, what kind of, like, what is this work like? You don't have to drive. You don't have to drive to be a PI. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as my, people, a lot of people think it's a lot of surveillance involved. But, you know, you call those guys surveillance monkeys. Those are like your kids you sent out or these old retired cops that, uh, you know, they every every day three o'clock they lose the guy they're following, and they well, I went fishing afterwards. <laughs> they lose the guy every day. <laughs> you know, PI work is a lot of. You know, I'm a paralegal too. You know, it's a lot of uh-huh. uh, uh, report writing. You know, uh, also too, it's a lot of uh, who, who you know, what kind of sources you have out there. Um, yeah, it, it's all your Rolodex. You know, I'm 57 years old, and I've lived a life, and I, I'm, I'm I'm a problem solver for people. People come to me with their problems, I solve their problems. Yeah, listeners, if you get in trouble, get Opperman. You're still doing PI work. Oh, absolutely. We just got a, I just told you off on the phone the other day. We just had that big of course. Yeah, 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 yeah. Usually. I don't know. Maybe you came out of retirement. <laughs> Here's the thing I know about detectives. Here's the thing I know about detectives. They're always coming out of retirement for one last big case. One last case. Yeah, one last case. <laughs> <laughs> So 
so so tell our listeners about this radio show you do because Opperman Opperman Report is one of my favorite. It's an all time favorite show of mine. Tell us tell us about that. How did you get started with this? Thank thank you, Bryce. I really appreciate that. I, I appreciate it because all I all I ever hear all day long is complaints about the radio show. <laughs> <laughs> so a couple of nice comments a year. That's what keeps me going. Adding a bottle of Jack, uh, Jack Daniels. Let me see. Um, <laughs> I started doing the show because um, I was I was interviewed a lot. Okay, about the Tiger Woods thing, and I did this thing for Howard Stern, you know, and Charlie Sheen, all that nonsense. Wienergate. I did all this stuff. I was being interviewed all the time. So I said, you know what? I'm being interviewed all the time. Let me write a book. So I wrote a book called How to Become a Successful Private Investigator. Okay, and um, then I said, well, let me do my own radio show. I was a guest all the time on this internet radio station, and so I talked to the guy that owns it. He says, oh, yeah, sure, you got great stuff. And I said, boy, this will be so great. I can laugh and tell jokes. It'll be so easy <laughs> to do this, you know? My first show was on the West Memphis 3, and it got like 40,000 hits, man, you know? They said, oh, wow. Oh, my. Yeah, oh, yeah, first show, out of the box. The chat room was packed. As, well, as, well, what do you think? Did they do it? Oh no! Uh, the three yeah, guys I absolutely died. did. Oh, they, they're guilty of sin. Oh yeah. Oh wow. Oh yeah. They confessed. They con- they admitted it. There's all kinds of a. Uh, they, they bragged about wanting to do it, and they did it. They got convicted twice, and then they pled guilty to it. You know, there's, yeah. There's no doubt that these guys, and there's so much uh, in their lives are just sleazy characters, uh, killing dogs and animals, torturing mm-hmm. animals and stuff. Yeah, hey. stalking other little kids and stuff like that. You know, this is a sick bunch, man. Uh, that whole crew. Um, so that was the first show. Yeah. Then um, I got into stuff. Uh, I was always fascinated with the process church of the final judgment, Maury Terry's work on uh, the son of Sam cult and their connections to satanic cults and stuff like that, which also was connected to uh, uh, Charles Manson and even like the Atlanta child killings, you know. So I, yeah. I put together this little crew of guests, you know, uh, Cisco Street Love and, uh, and Dave McGowan, uh, William Ramsey. And all these guys that were really heavily familiar with these topics, you know, we got all into that stuff, did a whole series of uh, uh, Mayor Jim Rothstein, who was this New York City uh, detective who was involved in, in all those cases, uh, investigated Roy Cohen. He, he believed that Roy Cohen had uh, buried three little boys on his property in Connecticut. And they couldn't get Ho- it. What? Oh, yeah, man. I, I'm talking to a guy right now, uh, Richard Kerr. Okay, who was uh, molested by Roy Cohn. He was brought all over I Europe. I believe it. Yeah, taking a tour of Europe with Roy Cohn when he was 13 years old. So I'm taping with him shortly, you know. Uh, and uh, I mean, you yeah. just had like, that. that's the thing about your show is you get, you somehow track down these guys. Right. Like, I mean, you just, I don't know if this is a recent one or a rerun or whatever, but I listened to a show recently where you had the guy that used to live in Steve Bannon's house. In Florida, the famous meth and porn house. Yeah, Steve Bannon's porn and meth house. Yeah, and uh, I just I, I'm like, I don't, how do you find that guy? Yeah, I just I know. A lot well, of you people. don't got You don't, you, know, you <laughs> no, don't got to tell me the industry secrets. You know, I'll tell you what happened. Um, uh, a friend of mine on Facebook posted an article uh, that some guy had written about the the story, and 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 some another friend of mine says, "Oh, I know those people." So I kind of, I said, <laughs> "Hey, I want to talk to those people." I said, "Put me in touch with them." So and, and it turns out that this uh, it's a shadiness galore in that story because uh, the people who um, were putting me in touch with the sources were CIA people, you know. Uh, so what their motives were, I don't know. Uh, but we, yeah, I know, I know. What do you but think they were? I think they're 
they, their motives were uh, deep state type motives to get rid of Trump. You know, not that I'm a Democrat or anything like that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You know, but uh, I think I think they had self interest in their motives. But the story, I believe, a hundred percent because I talked to the guy who actually lived there, and he doesn't have a a motive. And uh, yeah. and he he broke exclusively on my show, by the way, that inside that house there were padlocks on the inside of the doors and windows on the inside mm. of the house to keep somebody in there. Uh. I'll tell you this, to use, the, so to use uh, some parlance that may have been thrown about in your youth, that gives me some bad vibes, Ed. I, I know. And, and there's all kinds of stuff, too. Like Bannon's ex-wife is this Danish model who does filming and stuff like that, you know, and she had a boyfriend living there at the house, too, uh, who was arrested. He was in jail, domestic violence. She tried to sneak a cell phone and some marijuana into the jail. She gets arrested. Yeah, look at your faces. Yeah, this, this is all – there's police reports on all this, man. The neighbors were talking about it. There's, there's scientific evidence. He took the chemicals from the, the meth. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? They could see the barrel marks in the bathtub. You know, it's all Well, there. I mean that's the thing that was so – funny when it all came out is because so many people were like man i really wonder what was up with the bathtub being eaten out by acid and it's like bro what do you think there's literally only what. one thing that that could have that could have happened yeah there. and let me tell you it's in your cousin's pocket right now yeah. <laughs> it's 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 yeah it's incredible i mean ban is such a such a shady character that whole stuff with him in the biodome biodome where it's it's incredible <laughs> it's one day Listen, check this out. You know, the, the biodome, that comedy biodome is based on a real place where these like kind of rich hippies put together like a bios, I think it was called Biosphere 2. And, you know, it was, it was just like the movie. They have all these different environments inside. It wasn't very scientific. It was kind of just like an idealistic rich hippie kind of experiment. Uh, but one day, the sort of the second group of people that are living in there, they've been locked in this place for, I think, about 30 days at this point. But there was a previous experiment where they've been longer. I don't remember exactly how many. I think it was around 30 days. And they have a big TV screen in there where, like, they can communicate with, like, you know, the people who run it from the outside. And one day, Bannon's face comes on the screen. And he informs them that the Biosphere Company has been subject to a hostile takeover. And that at that moment, sheriff's deputies and SWAT teams were racing to the Biosphere fully armed and locked and loaded to get these people out. And they had like two hours to leave voluntarily or they would be removed. It's Bannon. It's incredible. He's such a fucking scumbag. Yeah. Well, you know, Bannon, uh, turns out, was very close friends with Epstein as well, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they knew each other. Yeah. And Absolutely. also to that, that guy, Wolf, who wrote that book, uh, uh, Fire and Ice, uh, Fire and Fury, I think it was. Uh, oh, yeah, was, yeah, 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 yeah. He was friends with Epstein too, and they're very close friends. Huh. I don't. A lot of people haven't don't really know about Epstein and Bannon. I think a lot yeah. of stuff with Bannon like doesn't get covered. Why do you think that is? I don't think it's that interesting. You know, it's one thing. But, but what about that whole <laughs> deal where, where he went to the Vatican? He was renovating the underground. Oh my god! Oh, his <laughs> you know? no. He had his whole like. He was like, oh, we're going to build this this university yeah. in Italy for. You know, right, uh, right wing nuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Neo reactionaries. Bannon's a fascist, but he's yeah. too cowardly to come out, out out and say it, right? He's like too dumb. I mean, I, I mean, that's gonna sound wrong, but it's like he, it's like he's a fascist, but without any actual commitments to anything. Do you yeah, know what I like mean? he can't like he's like too much of like uh, he just can't commit to it, and so like you know he's sort of doing this like uh, I'm a right wing populist, whatever kind of thing, and he, he gets this he gets this castle in the mountains of Italy for a steal too. He gets this thing for pretty cheap. And uh, and the whole town is like, there's like a little town outside of it, you know. That's you know, it's a, grew up around this castle. They don't fucking now. It's about to be like the base of these, you know, uh, 
sort of like two bit Mussolini. Very, very fine people. Very fine people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and they 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 go they go berserk and they get it they get it all shut down. I mean, the town of like you know like two hundred people starts holding these massive demonstrations, and people are coming down from other cities and stuff because like we don't want these creeps around us. Well, um, and he got into like he like tried to not pay taxes on it, and the Italian government's like, "Bro, what are you doing?" And then just yeah. like shut it the whole thing down or something. To be fair, I don't think a lot of people pay taxes in Italy. I always wonder why does this guy have so many jackets and coats on, like one over another, you know? Oh, it's incredible. Yeah. Six shirts. So you mentioned earlier Tiger Woods. Yeah. What's uh Okay. Uh, again, once again. Oh no, I inserted myself into that one. Okay? I inserted myself <laughs> into that. <laughs> okay. Cause what happened was I was doing digital forensics, cell phone digital forensics, right? Where you could undelete deleted text messages and pictures from a cell phone, right? So when I learned how to do that, I said, I'm going to use this for infidelity investigations. Says, no one's doing that. They're doing it for court and all kind of nonsense. I said, I'm going to do this to the public. I was doing so many phones, man. And uh, what do you call it? So Gina Rodriguez was representing one of these Tiger Woods mistresses, and they did a thing called sex, sexting.com, right? So I contacted her, and I said, hey, put a banner for my website on there. I'll give you commission for every, every phone I do. <laughs> right? So then she goes, oh, and you're like a PI because we need a PI. She says, all these women are coming out saying that they slept with Tiger Woods, and we, don't, we need someone to go and, and prove whether they did or whether they didn't. Mm. So now she's sending me telephones and all, all this stuff. <laughs> I got to dig through all this stuff, all these mistresses. And finally, you know how they, they came up? We stopped at 15 women because I said, that's it. I can't do anymore. <laughs> I said, we're done. But, yeah, that's yeah. what I say, too. Yeah, oh, yeah right. Okay. After 15 okay. women, it's enough, yeah. So that's how I got involved with Tiger Woods. I was the guy who vetted out all the Tiger Woods mistresses. Um, mm. yeah. Then after that was Charlie Sheen. Oh, we did one too with Ashton Kutcher, where um, the young lady who said she had an affair with Ashton Kutcher, uh, sent mm. me, they sent me her phone, and we found um, his caller ID was on her phone. We, we got that for a fact. Uh, but then Demi Moore says, oh, no, no, I believe my husband. He didn't do anything. And they just dropped the whole thing until the second Oh, my God. I'm, so f- I'm yep. just completely forgot that they, got, they were like married. <laughs> Yeah, and then a second woman came out, and then they then then she got divorced, and then they admitted my guy was real, you know. But until then, no. And you said, did you work on the Anthony Weiner case too? Weinergate. I did the first phone in Weinergate. The woman was wait. Woman. You were in Weinergate? Yes, yes. That's, that's all Gina Rodriguez, man. Uh, the first woman, because wow. she was the celebrity mistress. She was the mistress agent. Right, right, for right, right. So what happened was, um, with yeah, they sent me the first phone. That girl Maria, who was like a poker dealer, and um. Uh, in Vegas, and I did that from pulled the text messages off of that and the pictures. Uh, then, uh, when by the time Sydney Leathers came out, I was, had a falling out with Gene. I was no longer working for her, but I was familiar with, enough with what was going around the whole thing. Uh, but to give you an idea, because Gina was the one too; she was the agent too for Stormy Daniels and Karen McDougal. Okay, and at the time that these guys are negotiating that deal with Donald Trump's representatives, Michael Cohen. And my name is all over those text messages. <laughs> but while that's going on, Gene is producing a TV show on like a TLC channel called Mama June from Not to Hot. 
Remember that? Remember oh my you? gosh! Yes, from, uh, <laughs> from Honey I Boo can't Boo. What the show was called Honey Boo Boo. Yes, Honey Boo Boo. So they are filming Honey Boo Boo's mom, who, by the way, too has a scandal with her. Man, she's been with like five or six pedophiles. That woman, Mama June. Okay, what? Yes, she oh, has. Yes, her, yes, she has. She has. Living in the house with her kids, and after she finds out, taking them back. I think every guy she's ever Oh my gosh, to, wait, I did yeah. know about this. Look it up, look it up. Yes, she, yes. See, it I was like her ex husband was the first Look, one. I'm just yep. going to say, you know, anyone who pimps their kid out for a reality TV yeah. show, I've got questions like about. I, they should have to do a double look into. Like, send some social services to the house to <laughs> yeah. make sure that everything is on the up and up because that, to me, is a red flag. Absolutely. But but just imagine, they're negotiating with Trump for this payoff. Oh, wait, scene two, we got a tape of Mama June at the gym. <laughs> you know, <laughs> the same day. Let me put the phone down Incredible. and direct Mama June over here. You can't make this stuff up, you know? It's just too crazy. I have a question about, okay, wait, so with Wienergate, yeah. so... There, there's like two phases to the Anthony Weiner scandal, right? Because there's right. the one that happens that takes him down, but then he, it, it happens again a second time after he's like come back, right? Yeah, yeah. At first, there was the, the the woman. I believe her name was Marie, who uh, was in Vegas, a poker dealer. Mm. Uh, then there was Sydney Leathers who came. There was and that's. That's scandal. the big one. Sandy Leathers, because because well, Gina had her making rap videos and going on a strip tour. I think she did <laughs> okay. a porno, too. Oh, yeah. That's another thing Gina would always do, get him to do a porno. Um, she got the uh, Mama June. To, no, who's the other one? Uh, the Mom to do a porno. Not Mama June. Oh, I remember when that happened. Yeah. yeah. So what do you call it? Uh, um, but then uh, they, 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 you know, with the Wienergate thing, there were a couple of other incidences that were covered up. Um, but then the last one w- was so distasteful because he had his child on his lap when he was sexting. That's back and right. Forth. Right. Oh my Ooh, god! Yeah. Yeah. And they had the that was the whole Carlos Danger. Yeah, that's what that, that was me. Carlos Danger, the, the one that's the first one. Carlos Danger. Really? Carlos, oh my god! I, that's incredible. Iconic. Carlos Danger. I gotta say. You know, Ed Opperman, that's a good name for a PI, but Carlos Danger, you should think about, I mean, the moniker's already taken, but if anyone out there in about 50 or 60 years when the story is, you know, long forgotten, or I mean, it might never be, but if you're going to become a PI in the year 2080, Carlos Danger, that's your name. So wait, I have a question for you, because this has to do, this is kind of related to Anthony Weiner, sort of, but you're in the mix in all this New York, you know, uh, the New York muck. Whatever, yeah. New York politics muck. I have a question about the Spitzer takedown. Okay. So my suspicion is that that was, retali- that was like retaliation or like preemptive retaliation for getting Spitzer out of the AG's office. Well, you know, Roger Stone's up to his neck and all that, you know. Really? And Roger Stone has a relationship with that, that woman who's the, 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 the madam in that whole case. I didn't really? know this. So oh, wait, yeah. can you, do you mind going over this a little bit for our listeners? Okay, I'm not that familiar with it, because uh, but Elliot Spitzer got caught going to escort service. I think he was using his mm-hmm. government credit card. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's always that little extra, oomph, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And uh, the woman, the madam, has a relationship with uh, Roger Stone, a very intimate relationship with Roger Stone. Not to, he's a swinger. Yeah, that's right. They had they had an ad, and by the way, so was Paul Manafort too. You know, 
when those hacked emails came out about Paul Manafort, uh, his daughter flipped out saying, I can't believe he made our mother do that yeah. stuff. Yes, yes, scared. I remember yep. all that. Same thing. You guys, are, you guys are on top of stuff. You guys, you guys are pretty familiar with a lot of stuff. Well, yeah. I, I do another podcast that is solely focused on the swinger community. And oh, no. really? <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but the thing for me about Switzer that I always found interesting, because I didn't know that about Stone, and I kind of, I want to get in, maybe we can talk about Roger Stone a little bit, but like... I think we should. Well, wait, the, wait six degrees of uh, Al Sharpton, because, you know, Roger Stone worked for Al Sharpton. He was a campaign manager on one of his uh, campaigns. Oh, yeah. Google, you gotta, there's some dirt on what? Al Sharpton, man. Al Sharpton's been working for the GOP. Google uh, Village Voice GOP Al Sharpton. And Sharpton's this guy, working for only Holy Sharpton. Holy shit. I'll yes, this that. is in New York Times, the 2004. Yep. Shar- Al Sharpton's bid aided by an unlikely source. Holy shit. I like how Brace is vetting me as, as I go along here. Well, no, I can't believe it. I'm with you. I, this, is just, this is just incredible, though. Yeah. Well, the thing that was so weird with the Spitzer story coming out is that it like it was right around the time where he was kind of basically saying, "Okay, we're going to go after the bankers because it was right during the crisis or right after the crisis hit in New York or the financial crisis, I mean. And so he was kind of posturing and and there was um, rumors about him kind of probably trying to make a run for governor, which I think was another another kind of storyline there, but that that possibly Spitzer was going to go after a lot of the bankers, um, you know, way more than the feds were kind of interested. And certainly that the banks, <laughs> the bankers, the banks didn't want any more scrutiny than they needed because, you know, there's like so much crazy. I mean, everyone knows about, you know, the jokes about like Wall Street trader lifestyles or whatever, right. but there's a lot there that are, that's also tied up in all of the, the terrible, uh, you know, deals they were making. And so the, like, the Spitzer storyline with the madam kind of came out of nowhere, and it seemed pretty obviously politically motivated, from at least from my my end. So yeah, you know, Roger Stone being involved absolutely does not surprise me. Absolutely. It, it kind of reminds me, too, of the whole Cambridge Analytica thing that came out, mm. where they're on videotape, they're talking about how they have young Swedish or Danish models that they send over to these guys and to sleep with these guys and then blackmail them. Right yeah. out in the open, and no one says boo. It's, I mean, my suspicion incredible. is that that's like you know we talk about that with Epstein, obviously, but like everyone always acts so shocked. Like this is oh, like how could this be going on in cameras and people want blackmail? And it's like, baby, this is just normal practice. Now, let me tell you though, man. Okay, blackmail is a very ballsy move. Okay. Because the solution to blackmail is you kill the blackmailer, okay? So you really, really right. gotta, you got to know what you're doing, all right? <laughs> you know? And uh, even some of these people come to me with, with ideas and stories and cases, you know, that they want to keep quiet, sign an NDA and get paid for it. It, it can really uh, up, go up. A good example is Jared Kushner's father, right? He was under investigation. They filed charges against him. His brother-in-law is testifying against him. So he hires some prostitutes to go with him. Uh, and then tapes it and starts blackmailing a guy, right? And he winds up in jail for that because the guy, you know, blackmails a tough crime. And by the way, too, when I was talking to, um, uh, what's his name, Tom Arnold about that, he had a little information about that. And it turns out that, you know, those girls that the, the, the Kushner used, was they were teenage Russian hookers. Huh. Yeah. That's what everyone always uses. Small world, right? Interesting, interesting.
you've been doing a lot of stuff uh, recently about, you've been talking about Jim Jordan. Can you explain exactly who Jim Jordan is? Jim Jordan is the House congressman there that wears the, the short sleeves all the time and he t- he's like a prosecutor, talks real fast and yeah. obnoxious and he interrogated Hillary Clinton for 11 hours and about the Benghazi. Gun, you know, yeah, really, who knows what, you know? <laughs> and then they said, what'd you find out? Anything new? And he goes, well, not really. <laughs> You know, he's a bit of a rising star in the GOP. Isn't, I mean, or fancies himself one at least. It seems and, like, and, and you wonder how that happened. How did a guy who was an assistant wrestling coach at OSU go mm. on to be on these committees? This guy's on some serious committees, man. How did he get there? Right, Jim Jordan. Let's take a look. Um, Jim Jordan. He's assistant wrestling coach down there at OSU, and there's a big scandal down there because one of the doctors. This is the, the, the public story that, that they tell you out there, and in, in the um, mainstream media, that one of the doctors working down there would call in the professional athletes and then feel them up. The guy would come in with a broken finger and he yeah. has his hands on his nuts, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. So a bunch of these guys got together and they started filing a lawsuit. And I contacted one of them. Because the whole thing in the mainstream media is, well, Jim Jordan had to know what was going on because everyone talked about it. So it's like a Sandusky-type situation. Right, right. So I talked to one of the plaintiffs, right? And he looks at me put his lawyer to I talked to his lawyer. And they start filling my head, man, with stuff. What happened was OSU received a huge donation, $3 million, from Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. Les Wexner is a trustee at OSU. Lex Wexner's attorney is a trustee at OSU. That doctor I was telling you about before, his office is in the Wexner building. Mm Mm-hmm. They pass this little rule where they say, hey, you know what, man? We got such this great shower, this locker room over here. Anybody that wants to come use it, feel free to come over and shower with the athletes. <laughs> okay? Oh, my yeah. God. Hey, oh, yeah, man. So mm-hmm. 3 o'clock after practice, every pervert in town is in that shower, in that locker room, in the hallways, in the stairways. Jesus. The co- yeah. None of you don't hear any of this on the news. The coaches and the administrators are saying, I'm chasing the guy. This guy's giving BJ's in the stairway over here, and I'm chasing him out of here every day. So, are you uh, fucking serious? Yes, look it up. You gotta, it's only, it only takes a little bit of looking up, man, and, and all this is out there. My guy that I'm going to have on the show, which you want to sell his story to. I'm going to try and sell his story to because he has some interesting stuff that he hasn't talked about yet. Anyway, um, no one talks about the Epstein connection or the Wexner conne- connection. Right. But, uh, well, they don't was- talk about the Wexner connection because he basically runs – Columbus. Yeah, I mean, there was there was a Columbus Free Press article talking about how they could not get a single person, the highest like ranking political person they could get to go on the record about about Wexner was somebody who was in fourth place in a primary for a city council seat. I mean, it, it's his stranglehold on that that place. I mean, is also like I, you know, we've mentioned this I think on the podcast before, but like you know, OSU is a powerhouse, like just as a college and the and the and the sports program is like a fucking powerhouse and generates so much money for that school not just the i mean you know the football team alone is i mean that program is so massive and it's not just then into you know the the college football program and the college itself and all the salaries that are tied up in that but then also into the nfl which is its own fucking you know shit show and then all of the sponsorship deals that fly into that from Nike, Adidas, all of that kind of crap. There's so much money tied up in this shit that 
Absolutely. It's, you will not find anyone to go on the record about any of this crap, but Ohio itself is even like, it's like the wild, wild Midwest out there. It is such a hub for like historically a hub for like crazy, like sex and drug trafficking too. Well, ju- well, just imagine, and there's, there's two main litigations in this case. One has about 15 plaintiffs, and the other one has about 30 plaintiffs. Mm. And then we know there's a bunch of John Doe defendants in this yeah. case here, too. There's a lot of people whose names aren't even mentioned. So my guy I'm talking to, he's just about to get his money. So we're kind of waiting until he gets the check actually clears, until he says everything he knows. But one of the things he's talking about, he says, he says there's no way that Jim Jordan uh, didn't see what was going on. He claims that he's seen Jim Jordan participating in these kind of activities. There's video mm. of Jim Jordan talking about how uh, they would bond in the saunas. The guys who hung out in the sauna, and he, they would have given an award to the best sauna, the president of the sauna, something like that. And my mm. guy's telling me that every day Jim Jordan would go into the sauna with a bunch of guys and bring with him a tongue depressor where they would scrape the sweat off of Jim Jordan's uh, sleek physique uh, there uh, in their sauna there together. Now, you might want to say, well, gee, Ed, you know, <laughs> hey, you're going too far there. But if you look into Jim Jordan's history, his own chief of staff himself had all kinds of homosexual scandals and that ended his career. So it's not uh, – and plus he was hooked up with Sessions. I think a lot of people have opinions about him. So, it's not, you know, it's not like – you, you wonder, how did Jim Jordan get to the position where he is today? Maybe he knows certain things about certain people, mm. and that's how he got there. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah. too, that like, you know, the media just won't cover and it's not just the money and influence, although that's part of it. I mean, mm-hmm. that's like probably the majority part of it. But I think in general, too, like the like the media is not good at covering um, like the abuse of, of boys, I think. Yeah. That's like my I have an inclination like my or my yeah, gut feeling is that there's like a. I do think that this stuff is rampant in athletic and college programs in a way that is really not talked about. Mm-hmm. And some of that has to do with the victims not being, I think young men not being comfortable coming forward about this stuff when they're victims. But also like, I think the media does a poor job of investigating these things. Yeah, absolutely. More would be said about the boy scouts and the Catholic church. Uh, absolutely. Absolutely. hundred percent. I, I think it's got, I think like in some level, there's this like titillation around this happening to young girls. Like it's like, yeah. obviously people are, you know, it's a born or whatever, but it's like in a, in a really perverse and sort of dark way, it's like sexy for like, you know, uh, any given newspaper or whatever to cover. But for young boys, it's sort of like, it's seen as like, I mean, it's shameful that people do it, but it's like, see, almost seem as also like shameful to be a victim of it too. Yeah. But also too, like with Michael Jackson, it's like a, a punchline, you know, somehow it, yeah, it, somehow absolutely. that just became a freaking punchline with this guy. Well, it's the same thing about like rape in prison or something. Like people are yeah. just like, it's, it's like a, it's like a joke or whatever when it's like, it's actually like a real thing that happens. I've known guys has happened to. Yeah. But you know, there's actually more rape in the U S military than there is in the U S prison system. Not surprised at that's all. Not I mean, surprising. look yeah. at the stuff that's happening lately too. It's, it's yeah. incredible. So Ed on to end on this, Let's talk about Howard Stern, who is, of course, you know, you, you and I and Liz and everybody here, we're, you know, we're in the radio business. So Stern's a bit of a professional rival of me. I mean, it's a smaller <laughs> show than either of ours, so, you know, I, I shouldn't pick on him too hard. But, but you told me you did some work around Stern. What, what, know, what, what went on there? I had a couple of gigs with Stern. Um, it, I was a huge Howard Stern fan, you know, back 
from New York, you know, I grew up in New York, New York radio. And then when he went to satellite radio, you know, I followed him. And um, what happened was, the uh, first time was uh, someone, I, I, I invented this search, okay, where, because one of my big things was email tracing and, and identifying people from an anonymous email address. So I was doing more with email than anybody in the world at this, at this point in time. And I came up with a way to trace email addresses back to online dating websites and catch people cheating online. Oh, God. Yeah. You, you think I'd be a freaking billionaire, you know? <laughs> sure you think, man, you know? But what do you call it? So what happened was uh, one of the guys, I think his name was Jared, on a, a Stern show, they, they created a fake uh, Plenty of Fish account for him, and he said it wasn't really his. So I contacted, remember the, the Stern 100 News? Remember that? No. They, had their own, they had their own news station on there. I forget the guy's name, too, but this, they had this guy who was like the They had like a for, news show? Yeah, they had Howard 100, it was called. And Steve Lankford, the guy was Steve Lankford. So I call up the station. I contact the station. I say, hey, listen, I can help you out with this investigation of the, of the Jared uh, email there, right? So Lankford calls me up. And I said, well, I haven't started. He says, we want you to tell us about what you're investigating here. And I said, well, I haven't done anything yet. Fascinating. <laughs> you know, so like he, he pretty much came up with this whole thing, you know. Uh, so that kind of fell apart. But then what happened was later on, the second case was uh, Gary Delabate. Baba Bowie. And this was a real case. Gary Delabate was, and it's in the papers, I can talk about it. Uh, he was running for a public commissioner or something like that in Connecticut. And um, someone wrote this horrible email to the um, uh, city council about Gary Delabate that was just horrific and ridiculous. I'm not going to give it any uh, credibility here. But what I was able to do was uh, I was able to find that email and prove that it was created five minutes before that email was sent out, and it was sent from a public library. So we were able to – that came up in testimony there at the, the commissioner. But a couple of funny things, though, about the Stern Show is <laughs> I was working for Gary at the time they were having the Tiger Woods beauty pageant over there. So oh. as I yeah, – right, so Gina Rodriguez is over there with the, with the mistresses. We could have won that if I would have told them, hey, that's my guy. <laughs> you know, we could have <laughs> went in. And then the other one was they were talking about me on the Howard 100 News when the whole – when Charlie Sheen was there in the off uh, – at the, the studio oh, there. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. So that's a small world, man, for you. Jeez Louise. Well, maybe I don't want to be a PA. I don't no. want a Howard <laughs> mad at me. Yeah, that's just – it's well, Ed, <laughs> it's, it's miserable work. Ed, how can people listen to your show? Well, you could find me. The main place I like to send people to is Spreaker.com, S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com, uh, because uh, you can go there and sign up for free and get an email notification anytime new live content goes up. I do a live show there Friday night, um, and uh, there's a chat room and all that kind of stuff. All my archives are up on there too. Okay, and half of them have been deleted off of YouTube, so you won't be able to find them there. I'm also on Monday to Friday, uh, 9 p.m. or 10 p.m. on AMFM radio in Florida, Nevada, California, and Utah. So if you're driving around, and you hear this voice, you know it's me. <laughs> That's the Opperman Report. Well, Ed, this has been uh, a pleasure. I'm, I'm frankly thrilled that you came on the show. Yeah, this has been so fun. Thank you so much. We're going to have to have you back on real soon. I yeah. actually, yeah, I've had more fun today in this interview than I, I think I have had in years. So you guys are really, <laughs> oh, really, really. Awesome. Yeah, we like I know. To hear that. Me and, all, me and all the psycho freaks that I hang out with are big fans. <laughs> so <laughs> we'd love to have you on again. I would love to. Anytime.
That fucking rocked. <laughs> you know I love gossip. I know. I, yeah, I I was. I think like for many of our interviews, I try to maintain some like kind of composure. Mm. But I was thrilled. Yeah, you were like kid in a candy store. I mm. have to say that. Ed and I are going to start a new show, which he doesn't know about yet, where we just talk about the Real Housewives franchise. <laughs> I know. I, when, I, when he mentioned the Real Housewives, I was like, oh, this is like, Liz will love this. Oh, my gosh. I have so many questions for him about Brandy Glanville and Denise Richards. I- Fuck, I should have asked him about Denise Richards and Brandy. Oh, my God. Well, we, we'll have him on the show again. Shit. How a, did I miss that? Because, like, I really don't know if I trust Brandy. Listeners who watch Real Housewives will know what I'm talking about. And I'm not going to expand any further. I trust her in com- completely. No, you don't know who Brandy Glanville is. I, I do know who Brandy Glanville is. Yeah? How do you well, know? Who is she? I, I, I'm a member of the Glan family. <laughs> the Glan clan? In the Glan clan, yeah. It's a <laughs> Scottish name. Um, for It's the inventors of Glan. You know, before, before like people figured out, before the Glan family discovered it, people thought that like mucus just came out of your skin. Like all the Glan stuff that we know about now, that is from the Glan family. It's a, a family of Scottish scientists. <laughs> I swear to God. People don't believe me on this kind of stuff, but like I know TV and I know Scottish people. And most of all, I know Glans. <laughs> it's not even how you spell her name. Well, it, they, Ellis Island. Okay. Cool. Cool to see you. Cool to see you. Wow. Wow. Cool to see you defending that. Sorry, I know my name should be Mordecai Hoydenstein or whatever, but yeah, fucking, you know, I know Young Chosky's actual name is unpronounceable unless you have like the large tongue of a yid, but it's, it's, and so, you know, at Ellis Island, they did name him Young Chomsky. Young, of course, um, well, it's a technically a slur for jews but uh yeah I, I i don't know i just don't see that i don't i don't think that's very appropriate to 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 defend all right well this has been fun my name is brace <laughs> i'm liz joined of course by producer young chomsky and we will see you next time bye-bye, bye-bye. <laughs> Jeffrey Epstein. Jeffrey Epstein.